Nearly a decade ago, I found myself filling the hours by listening to podcasts while my husband, Brooks, was training with the U.S. Army. Walking the streets of our Army post, I dreamt of creating something for women that bridged that gap between sermon audio and small talk. It was on the floor of my tiny closet on post that that very dream, the Dream for the Journey Women podcast, came to fruition in June of 2017. And today, by God's grace, Journey Women is now a not-for-profit ministry with the aim of moving women to know and love God more. Our monthly and one-time givers help make our mission possible. If you'd like to support the work that we do, you can make a tax-deductible donation by visiting journeywomen.org forward slash give. Thank you for investing in the work of Journey Women. Welcome to the Journey Women Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Belis. Life's a journey we were never meant to walk alone. We all need friends along the way. On the Journey Women Podcast, we'll chat with mentors about gracefully navigating the seasons and challenges we face on our journeys to glorify God. On this episode of the Journey Women Podcast, I chatted with Emily Jensen about idols of the heart. Emily and I discuss everything from our personal struggles with idolatry to practical ways that we can move forward in repentance after we see our sin. If you know Emily, it goes without saying that we talked about resting in the grace of the gospel. She said, It's always important to remember with idolatry, like this isn't something we do on our own. This is something that God did on our behalf. And that causes us to just be humble and grateful and in awe of God. And I think it's like, that's a key thing. Like when we are in awe of God and we are grateful for what he's done, it it makes us want to worship him more and it helps us deal with our idol problem. I am continually learning about how the gospel infiltrates every area of life. And God's really used Emily and her sister-in-law, Laura, to help me do that practically through their podcast, Risen Motherhood. Emily's been married for eight years. She's a mother to five young children, and she has this passion for sharing gospel-centered truth with women like us. I'm so grateful, you guys, that we had the opportunity to hear from her today on the topic of idolatry. I hope you find our conversation as helpful as I did. I'm so excited to discuss this topic with you because I've been seeing some of the old kind of idols that I've wrestled with in other seasons of life because I'm kind of still a new mom. I have a three-year-old and a one-year-old just rearing their ugly heads in forms that I haven't recognized Mm -hmm. until, you know, they're like in my face. So before we get any further on the topic of the idols of the heart, could you just kind of break down like what? is idolatry. Yes. So an idol kind of at the most fundamental level is anything that we worship instead of or in addition to God. So yeah, I feel like we see this all over scripture. I mean, we see it in the literal physical images that people worship, but we also see it in the value that people are placing in relationships or in possessions or in achieving certain things. And I feel like the word worship also has to be explained. Like I was going into this and thinking, I think a lot of times we just think of worship as I'm singing on Sunday morning or I'm getting together with my church family, but it's really a lot more broad than that. Mm -hmm. I mean, yes, we are worshiping when we do those things, but worship is really an attitude of our heart and it's doing everything for God and for his glory and making everything about him. And I love Paul David Tripp. His name is probably going to get dropped on this podcast a lot. Love him. 
But he says, you know, worship is not just something we do. It defines who we are. Yeah. So everything we do is worship. And I feel like that helps us understand why whenever we are transferring our worship from God onto something else. It's more than just like, I'm singing to this thing or I'm, you know, we get the image of like bowing down to something. It's really, it's everything. It permeates our time, our resources, our emotional (laughs) desires. For Um, sure. Really everything in our lives is worship. Goodness, yes. I remember when I was reading through 1 John, I came to the very last, I think it's the very last verse. No, I need to go check that. But 1 John 5.21 it says like, dear children, don't let anything take God's place in your hearts. And I was like, dang, that's kind of like the definition of idolatry to me. Like letting things take the place that God deserves in your heart and all of those other things, you know, then your affections are oriented or misappropriated around something that shouldn't be there. Yeah. And I love when Paul talks about our spiritual worship in Romans 12, 1. And he talks about we have to present our bodies as this living sacrifice to God. And actually, somebody was telling me the other day, it's a lot harder to be a living sacrifice than a dead one because you can just crawl right off the altar. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. That's what we do with idolatry, right? We're like, okay, God, I'm a living sacrifice to you. And then Uh, I'm a little uncomfortable here. Like I'm going to go ahead and crawl back off that (laughs) altar and go, you know, give my life to something else, which I know we'll get into more, but at its basic level, it's just worshiping something other than God. Okay. So when did this originate? Like, why do we do this? Because I do it all the time. Yeah, (laughs) it's definitely a sinner's problem, which includes all of us. And it started out in the garden. So when Adam and Eve were created, they were worshiping God with their work and enjoying relationship with him. But we know that whenever Eve was tempted, her desires disobeyed God first and before her actions did. And she started to think, "Mm, maybe... I want to be like God. Maybe I maybe there's something outside of God that's more fulfilling. And so whenever she disobeyed God's command, that sin entered the world and we are now all a byproduct of that. We've all had an idol problem since then. And I think arguably it's like the most talked about human problem in all of scripture and in a variety of ways. Yeah, Paul touches on that in Romans where he says people exchange the truth about God and worshiped the creation instead of the creator. And really everyone Ooh, yes. throughout scripture is doing that. So it's another word for sin in some ways. Yeah, totally. Goodness. Yeah, I think about that moment a lot with Eve and, you know, Gosh, I totally identify with her in that moment, though. I think a lot of times we like place blame on Eve without seeing ourselves in that moment, too. We are (laughs) so there. We totally are. And we all know we have this problem with uh, like seeking fulfillment outside of what God's given us. And I don't know, is there a (laughs) cure for this? Like, can you help us see like what the prescription is for healing this idolatrous heart? First and foremost, I think it's just, well, I guess in general, we just need the gospel. That is absolutely the healing. And I I was thinking along the lines of that's just healing, like in terms of we are dead in our sins and in our trespasses. And without the blood of Christ covering our sins, you know, 
the wages of our sin is death. And so, yes, that is the only way we're going to be healed is through the gospel. But I think also, you know, once we are walking with Christ and we do have his righteousness, we still struggle with idolatry. And so Uh. the healing cure is not any different. It is still believing the gospel and rehearsing that truth to ourselves. So something we do on Risen Motherhood a lot is go through kind of the four parts of the gospel, creation, fall, redemption, and restoration, and then thinking through each part and kind of how it applies. So I kind of thought about that in terms of idolatry, if you're cool with me going through it. (laughs) Please do. Yes. Okay. So, and second of all, I think this is like something we can learn. So once I learned creation, fall, redemption, restoration, it was like, oh, this is starting to click now. So Maybe as I go through this, it'll be like, oh, I can do that. Yeah. And do that in any circumstance, like with any idol that you're struggling through. Exactly. Exactly. So in creation, we learned that God created us to worship him alone and nothing else is going to make us truly happy. So something I tell my kids a lot when they are wanting to do something that is wrong, I'll say, you know what? That thing might make you like a little bit happy for a little while. But only God is going to make you the most happy for the most amount of time. And it's offering that contrast. Like we have to remember that God created us in such a way that nothing else will satisfy us Mm -hmm. except for him and being in relationship with him and laying down our lives for him. And so anytime we're thinking that something else is going to do that, we've deviated (laughs) from the path, which kind of brings us to the fall, which is... You know, our sinful nature is going to keep doing that. We're going to keep trying to look for satisfaction in the wrong things. And we're going to construct these mini gods, if you want to use that term. And so one thing we can do, knowing that we're prone to that, is like start to ask our hearts questions like, Mm. why do I think I need that so much? Yeah. Why is this thing bring me so much delight or Why does Mm -hmm. this thing make me so angry? Or why do I think I have to have this in order to be successful? Those types of the questions you don't want to ask, right? Totally. Or even like, why do I keep coming back to this? You know, because it's like sometimes you don't even recognize what this is. And yet you see yourself continually coming back. Why do I care, you know, about so-and-so's opinion of me, like different people? Why do I care about the opinion of people so much? Oh, totally. Yeah. And this is kind of a caveat, or not a caveat, but like a bunny trail. But I have been struggling through, just wrestling through education questions for our kids. And oh, yeah. I've been having to ask all these things in my heart like, yes. where did I get this idea that it needs uh, to be this certain way? And why am I. It, Emily. Oh, man. I mean, just sitting with my husband and just like going, from an outsider's perspective, can you help me understand yeah. why I care about this so much and what this is revealing about what my heart is yeah. valuing and what I think we must have in order to be right before God, yeah. except for Christ? Totally. Life is crazy sometimes, and finding time to sit down and read the Bible can be difficult. That is why I love Dwell. When I can't find time to read the Bible, I can listen to it. The voices reading the Bible are soothing. They're not your normal narrators. Plus, you can choose calming background music and adjust the pace of the narrator's voice to get things just right. Dwell's newest release is called Dwell Daily, 
a fresh, thoughtfully crafted devotional that immerses you in the word, allowing you to pray it, meditate on it, and so much more. If you're looking to deepen your engagement with the Bible this year, Dwell Daily is worth checking out. I cannot recommend Dwell enough to help you orient your mind to the life-giving Word of God throughout your day. Go to dwellbible.com forward slash journeywomen to receive your 25% discount today. Again, that's dwellbible.com forward slash journeywomen for your 25% discount to subscribe and spend time in God's Word. But an example of getting to these heart questions and really understanding what is motivating us. And so then going to redemption, this is the nice hopeful part. Although, you know, we deserve to be cut off from God forever because we are just adulterous and we pursue our own things apart from him. You know, he sent Jesus who comes to earth, who doesn't have any idol problems. He gives all of his time and attention and resources and relationship to do his father's will. And so instead of us, God punishes Jesus and he turns his face away from Mm. him. And the veil, the thing that separates us from God was just torn in two so that we can Mm. have God dwell in us through the Holy Spirit. And it's always important to remember with idolatry, like this isn't something we do on our own. This is something that God did on our behalf. And that causes us to just be humble and grateful and in awe of God. And I think it's like, that's a key thing. Like when we are in awe of God and we are grateful for what he's done, it makes us want to worship him more and it helps us deal with our idol problem. Absolutely. All right. And then restoration. This is kind of looking forward to when everything will eventually be made right with Christ. I always have to remember, I wish I knew where this phrase originated from, but we live in the already, but not yet. So that really means we are already saved if we believe the gospel, but we are not yet able to stop sinning, which is really, really frustrating. And so we just look forward to that time when Jesus comes back and like in a twinkling of an eye, we're not going to have these issues anymore. But in the meantime, we are here on earth to love God and love others and share the gospel, make disciples, do good works on his behalf. And that's to what end we persevere. And we think about that. And I think as we realize like this battle is already won, the victory is done, we already know the ending, that shapes what we worship today and how we choose to spend our time today. And so going through that gospel, that creation, fall, redemption, restoration, I think is a really important piece in terms of how do we heal from this problem and deal with it in our lives. Yeah, for sure. Man, there's so much and I can't wait to get even further into the conversation because even you moving on to that restoration piece just makes me want to move on from my idols and talk (laughs) about being awestruck by just the character of God. But I'd love to kind of break down some of those Mm -hmm. idols just because I think sometimes it's helpful for recognition because a lot of times I've just gone through different seasons without really recognizing until either someone's pointed it out or until I've gone to counseling or until I've met Mm -hmm. with a mentor or whatever. Maybe even that I had something that was kind of taking God's place in my heart. So what are some of the things that we as women in general are prone to idolizing? I mean... I definitely like, it's hard. I don't want to like sweep with too broad of a brush because I really think 
it varies for all people. Tim Keller in his book, Counterfeit Gods, provides a really helpful list, I think is a starting point. And it includes all kinds of things like we can idolize a certain theological idea, political desires, relationships, culture. Hmm. We can have sexual idols or we can wrongly value money or control or power. But if I'm thinking just like in terms of women and I'm thinking of that really broadly, what I notice the most is idolatry issues with relationships, which would be who we yeah. love and what we demand of them. And then identity, which is who we are, who we think we are and who we think we should be. And so yeah, I see a lot of there, there may be something like, oh, I'm struggling with my physical appearance. I'm idolizing that. That really goes back to our identity, right? Who we think we are, who we totally. think we need to be, and what we want others to think about of us. If anyone's happening to idolize <laughs> Emily or myself, which I know they won't be doing the latter, but, you know, she's describing the gospel, all this. Like, can we talk about an idol that we've struggled with kind of on a personal level, maybe one that's just reared its ugly head in seasons okay. of our life? And I'll start because I asked. <laughs> okay, sounds good. We'll just get right in. You know, something that I have noticed in seasons when I was even in high school into when I was in college into now the season of motherhood and really early marriage as well is an idol mm -hmm. of control that I steal yours. I hope I didn't oh, steal yours. No, they're all so closely um, connected. <laughs> they totally are. But mm -hmm. I've just seen this rear its ugly head, particularly in this season with like everybody knows I talk about my kids like schedules mm -hmm. and napping and things like that. Just wanting to have some semblance of control over life. Yeah. <laughs> and it is so humbling. So anyways, I just, I would love to process it through idolatry mm -hmm. with you, kind of with that in mind too, as we continue <laughs> to talk. So that's my confession for the oh, day. Yeah. What's yours? Well, what was cool <laughs> is the God thing. You know, he was just revealing idols as I was even working on this <laughs> prep for an interview. So I guess when I think about this, I can think of a lot of Things like over my life, I think I've really idolized having comfort in both mm. material things oh, and yeah. just like physical comfort. Like I'm that person who's like complains when she's a little bit cold. And also yeah. control, wanting things to work my way. And so I have all these kind of, I won't yeah. call them little ones, but I'll just call them stems that go back to something bigger for me. Yeah. And I would describe it as my idol is myself. Like I have set up myself as yes. God in my life. And I want to orient everything in my life sometimes to serve my own purposes. Yes. And so it's like kind of my will is the idol and I sacrifice yeah. things on that yes. altar and I'll put relationships on the altar. I will put my material resources on that uh -huh. altar, my time. To me, that's like everything just comes back to I want to be Lord, little L Lord of my own world. So this yes. morning, I feel like this is a great example. I woke up and I wanted to be this little L Lord of my own life. And I was just like in a really grumpy mood. I wanted to be left alone. I mean, you know, those days you just wake up and you're like, I don't know what it is today. I don't know if I slept a little bit less last night or what, but I just didn't feel like having people all around me today. And so I wanted yeah. to drink my coffee and I wanted to finish preparing for this interview. I just wanted to put on clothes and brush my hair and eat my breakfast, you know, normal stuff, right? 
<laughs> right. Yes. Like, I just want to go to the bathroom without you busting in on me. Like, it's amazing how basic it gets when you're a mother. <laughs> yes. Yes. I want to take a bath by myself. I was like, I can't even just use, like, <laughs> let me just use the restroom. So now it's all coming out. My idols are just coming to the surface. <laughs> so it's like when my oldest son spills his milk and I have to put down my fork and get him a paper towel, I'm grumbling. And my kids start fighting over their toys and their costumes. And I'm rushing instead of basically like, okay, this is a great time to train them and to remind them that we need to love one another and we need to be kind to each other. And selfish ambition is what's driving this. I'm just like, let's just get this over with. Like all costumes confiscated. You know, that's we're not going to really deal with this. We're just going to push through it because I want to get to my stuff. And then. Yeah, like they're bursting into my bedroom when I'm like, just like, can I put on a little bit of mascara? And I'm just shooing them off when really I probably should have stopped and been like, this is an obedience issue. I need to set some clear Mm -hmm. expectations and talk to them about what my expectations are and then hold them to that. I was like, no, just let's just shoo through this so that I can finish what I'm doing. And so all of these little Mm. things to me as I'm getting ready and I'm going through my morning, I'm just seeing these flare-ups and I'm saying, you know what? I'm valuing the wrong things because I'm not handling these situations according to God's will. Red, red light going off that there is a worship problem happening. So I think for me, like the anecdote kind of late this morning, I wish I was even faster to do this was instead of like acting on my feelings, like I felt like everyone was in my way. I felt like I want to be in control. I want my plans to be accomplished. I had to start acting like according to what I believe and what I know is true, which is that Mm -hmm. God is in control and I exist to worship him and glorify him. And I'm his ambassador. I'm a reflection of him to my family. And so I need to repent, even if I still feel grumpy and tired, which I did all day. It's like, no, I can't act according to that grumpiness and tiredness. I need to act according to the truth. And I'm hopeful that I think as that happens day after day after day, our feelings do often come around. So there you go. There's my heart just spilled out for you guys. <laughs> it resonates with me so much. And honestly, it's just so encouraging to hear somebody who's just a couple steps ahead of me and motherhood say that. Because let me be honest, I mean, I, I felt very similarly different circumstances, but I just load my kids in the car and I'm like, you guys get in your car seats. I'm going to Starbucks because everybody <laughs> is crazy right now. And then whenever I realize that I am, you know, struggling with an idolatry problem when I am putting myself before I'm putting not Mm -hmm. only the people around me, but before ultimately I'm putting the Lord. A lot of times it'll just make me really, really sad. And I've had this problem for a really long time. It's like, oh, it's almost like I fail being the Lord. And then I go into depression about that instead of like looking my face to Jesus and like Mm -hmm. being happy about what he has done on my behalf. So how can we repent and move forward without wallowing in this sadness and beating ourselves up or really, okay, let's be real. Here's my real MO, trying to just get in there, pull up my bootstraps and fix it on my own. You know, when I see myself falling back into the same sin over and over again. 
So I heard from Jared Wilson at a talk I recently attended of his. He said the anecdote to like too much gospel is more gospel, <laughs> something like that. But basically, like that's still the answer I is remembering it. the truth that we cannot fix ourselves. And yes. I think whenever we feel that depression, kind of feeling like, oh, I failed again, like I always have to remember like all yeah. of God's wrath for that. Like, first of all, yeah, that deserves to be punished. Like that feeling I have of I did something wrong and I deserve punishment is is mm-hmm. a true feeling. But we don't need to beat ourselves mm-hmm. up, I think, because Christ was beaten for our sins. Like he already took that beating on our behalf, both physically and also that, you know, the wrath of God. I mean, God turning his face away. Like he took that for us. And so there's nothing left to be poured out on us. Like it's all mm. been consumed and we have to remember that it blows our minds. And I think we go in circles and just say, how can that be? Like, why God, why would you do that for me? But it's still true. And that's why I think in Ephesians, mm. I think it's Ephesians, Paul talks about us needing to root ourselves in the love of Christ and understand the width and the depth and the height and all those good things of Christ's love because it blows our minds and it changes us. Yeah. So I think there's this other thing I always have to remember. So Tim Keller yes. has this nice little book called The Freedom of Self-Forgetfulness. Ooh, I haven't read that yet, but I've heard so many great things. It's really good. It's perfect for like if you have a long car ride somewhere or like flight. It's kind of a shorter read, but it's really good. It's one that's always stuck with me. And in that, he talks about like mm-hmm. as believers, our job isn't to focus on ourselves at all. Like it's not about thinking we we can be like, oh yeah, I know I'm not supposed to think about mm-hmm. myself in a prideful way, but we're also not supposed to like dwell on ourselves in a negative way either. We're supposed to be looking at Christ. And so I think that is another way we can like kind of cut ourselves off with following is, okay, let's just turn my gaze to Christ. Like, let's stop self-analyzing. Let's stop navel gazing for a little while and look up, look at Jesus. And it is amazing. I think how fast that is a legitimate anecdote for our sin and for our sadness. And I think just even as you were talking about learning those lessons in motherhood, I mean, I feel like I've been, I go through this hot like refiner's fire every time we add a child to our family. I get to this point where I'm like, yeah, we have this. Like I kind of have figured this out. I mean, not really, but enough, you know, we're getting by, we're doing okay. And then we add another child to the family. And for like this really short period of time, I think like we've got this. And then all of a sudden I start dropping stuff big time and my expectations are like falling from skyscrapers and I am just, it's bad. I mean, I just feel like I literally get just ushered into this fire. But I think what is sweet about that, what has happened every time is when I come back up out of that season, it reminds me all I have is Christ. Like, If I'm left to myself, I'm in big trouble and I have to cling to Christ. He is my only hope. Uh And if that's all I ever do is worship God and focus on him and I don't achieve one thing and I don't get any more laundry done and my ministry fails and I Uh fail as a parent and everything else falls to pieces. (laughs) If I'm like following the Lord and loving him, like that is awesome. And that's great. 
that increasing dependency mm-hmm. on Christ. I mean, that's in some ways that's like I can be thankful, you know, for these experiences. Mm-hmm. Like I am definitely sorrowful over my sin, but I think what has produced in me the mm-hmm. ability to kind of more quickly look away from sin. I'm not going to act like I do it quickly every mm-hmm. time because when it really is like something that I haven't seen before, <laughs> that's really hard for me. Like I could give examples, but we don't have time. But I think just remembering that, oh my goodness, like, oh, I can't even remember exactly where I was going yes. with this, but the godly sorrow that produces like the repentance and that makes you want to look away from yourself and look to Jesus. and like not just look to Jesus mm-hmm. and worship in him, but just acknowledging that full on dependence on him. Like I actually can't do this without you because I think I get to those spots like you described where I kind of like I have the dependence and I'm doing good. And then I get to the good part and then I like forget about the dependence. <laughs> yes. And I think that's one reason why like Lately, I've been learning like, no, I don't want to wallow in my sin, but I also want to hold on to this place that God has me right now where yeah, I feel so desperate for him. Yes. Laura had this thing on her letter folk board like a month ago. It said, oh, my precious friend, it is a mercy to be made and kept poor enough for Jesus to be all. And I'm like, ooh, what was that quote? Like, it is merciful. Like, God mm. is being so kind to me that he has me in a place where I'm like, no, mm. I can't do anything right. Like, yes. on my own, I'm just yes. a big mess. And like, I desperately have to sing hymns during the day yeah. and say scriptures out loud. Like, that's how I'm so desperate and I need to cling to God. And yeah. even though I want to like get out of the fire, I'm learning like, that sometimes being in this place is like, it's just really sweet as well mm-hmm. as it is sorrowful, but sweet. Yeah. So when we're in that fire, the refiner's fire, and it's all hot, and we're feeling it, and we're seeing the dross mm-hmm. rising up, what are some practical ways that we can prayerfully kind of examine our own hearts when we're really in the thick of it? Yeah. So one of the most helpful resources I've ever found is this document and it's called X-Ray Questions and it's written by David. Ooh, I think I've heard you talk about this on the podcast. Oh, it's, it's so good. And I literally find it on Google every time. It's like a PDF document from an old like journal <laughs> of some kind. Okay, so it's written by David who? David Paulison. Okay. And it's called X-Ray Questions. And so in this document, he kind of outlines a little bit about what idolatry is, but then he offers up 35 questions that I think are really good. Mm. In essence, they're asking things like, well, what makes us tick? What makes us really happy? What really elicits this big response from us? What kinds of things do we pursue when we have free time? You know, Why are we doing things? What is our end goal? What are we hoping to get out of what it is we're doing and pursuing? So that's just like a tiny sampling. And they are really, really good questions. I'm excited. I'm looking at it right now. It's so good. And it's also hard, but I heard about this about seven years ago. And I've gone back to it several times when I go through seasons where I just can't discern my own heart. I don't understand Mm -hmm. why I'm despairing or why I keep stumbling in the same area. And I come back to some of these questions and they're just really, really helpful. For sure. I go to counseling for that sometimes. And so this will be like my when I can't go to counseling link. (laughs) So on the practical level, 
what are some practical ways that we can kind of work to protect our hearts from, you know, being little idol factories? Like, is even asking that question going to make an idol? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, I think that there are a lot of really practical things that we can do. A lot of them are, (laughs) I'm going to say like kind of obvious answers. But first of all, I think just repeating the gospel to ourselves over and over and over again. And I think we can't do that until we've read God's word and we know it and we can take hold of it. And so also I was talking about just like acting on truth instead of feelings. And so I feel like if we don't Mm -hmm. know the truth, it becomes really hard to counsel our hearts with it. So this morning, like I was thinking, why can't my kids just like do what I want? You know, I need to stop reciting that in my head. And instead I need to stop and and say, Mm -hmm. I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer who live, but Christ who lives in me. And remember, Mm -hmm. oh yeah, like that's what I live for now. And secondly, I think we need to pray. This one is honestly really hard for me. I feel like prayer life Mm -hmm. um, since having many young children has just been a legitimate struggle. But when we are weak, like we have to plead in accordance with God's will. So that's, again, going back to knowing His Word so we know how to pray. And when we don't know how to pray, the Holy Spirit helps us pray towards God's will. So again, Mm -hmm. it's not just this, I'll get my act together with three steps, but going back to the Word of God and saying, God, I need your Holy Spirit to make a change in my heart. That is ultimately Mm -hmm. what's going to change my behavior. And then I think community is super important, like surrounding ourselves with people who are going to encourage us to believe the truth, which is honestly, it's mostly Uh found in our local church and it's friends that aren't just going to say, oh yeah, me too, me too. But they're going to challenge us to remember what Christ has done for us. And they're going to ask us hard questions and allow us to process some of these x-ray question type things. But so those, I feel like I have to say those because those are, if we go like immediately super practical without doing those things, I think it's not going to have an impact. But I think yeah. if we do those things yeah. and on a super practical level, you know, for instance, let's say you are a recovering alcoholic, like, you know, there are things that need to go on in your heart. You can understand why you're struggling with addiction. But in the meantime, like you don't purchase alcohol and you don't go to bars, you know? So the same I think is true if we are struggling with certain types of idolatry. So now if my problem is self-worship, like I explained, like I can't remove Mm. myself from me. (laughs) But If that self-worship is producing issues with, let's say, food or materialism or too much time on my cell phone, whatever those things are, then we can Mm -hmm. remove some of those things practically and get some space. And another word for that, I think, is fasting. Of course, fasting from food is something that we see modeled in scripture, but I'm going to use this term in the context of fasting from Thing. So maybe that is like, you know, I'm not going to go yeah. to Target for a while, or I'm going to delete certain apps off my phone, or I'm not going to purchase like any sugary yeah. things at the store this week. We're not going to have those in my house. Whatever those things are, I mean, yes, we have freedom in Christ to enjoy them, but when our freedom is putting way too much temptation in our path and way too much pressure on us, like 
we do sometimes need to cut that off so that while in the meantime, we are coming to God and knowing that ultimately it's a heart change and no amount of keeping cookies out of our pantry is going to stop us from, you know, trying to comfort ourselves by things totally. other than God. In the meantime, I think that kind of fasting, that feeling of starving ourselves out from whatever that item is, really reveals how we have been too dependent on mm-hmm. it, and it can really turn us back to the Lord. So I think one yes. example I experienced in my life was when my husband and I got married, I think I still cared just way too much about my physical appearance and just keeping up with fashion, I'll say. Mm -hmm. And so even though like we didn't have a budget for a lot of areas in our lives, we had a budget for my clothes and it wasn't meant to be restrictive. Mm -hmm. It was actually meant to give me freedom because I knew that there was some Mm -hmm. protection set up for me. So while I was considering my motivations and I was, you know, going to the Lord with that And really for years processing why that was so important to me. In the meantime, I wasn't overspending on clothes, which was great, right? Because it could have produced that in my life. And really this year is the first time in our eight-year marriage, like I have not kept track of my clothes down to a T because I have seen a heart change in that area. And I don't want to get like crazy about it. Like next year I may go back to it, but It's just amazing that I can now look back and be like, yeah, I mean, all those years of practicing what it felt like to go, do I really need this? Is this really going to make me happy? Why do I think I have to have this new pair of boots or whatever this is? Is that really the best use of this? And what does this say about what I value? All of those heart questions have trained my heart in such a way that now I feel like in this season, I can, you know, interact with clothes and beauty products in such a way that I don't feel as tempted towards that. Although certainly, you know, idols do morph and change in their own way, right? But I don't know. That's just one example. Well, you know, one of the third element that you mentioned, Mm -hmm. community, that's just one of the sweetest gifts that God has given us. And a little facet of that, I think, is confession, Mm -hmm. which is even what we're practicing right now with each other and experiencing a sense of community. And I think in that confession, like those idols being brought into the light just brings so much freedom for me on a personal level, just kind of grabbing a girlfriend and saying, hey, you know, I just got to tell you, I've mm-hmm. been struggling with anger with my kids, which is really rooted again in the idol of myself <laughs> because I'm probably mad because they're encroaching on my time. Exactly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so that I don't look as awesome as I want to because I can't get stuff done, you know? And <laughs> so I love it when my community immediately around me and my people that I have because we're military and, you know, one of the things with military life is you kind of have to have touches mm-hmm. with people outside the military who have known you longer than a few years. When they come to me and they lovingly approach me to say, mm-hmm. hey, Hunter, I've like noticed this. I'm not really sure if this is something that's rooted in like a sin that's going on in your heart or in your life, but like, let's talk about it. Like, that is truly one of the greatest gifts that anyone could give me. Now, everybody, don't go too gung ho right the week right. that I release this Space podcast because I might not be able to handle all that. But 
how can we like lovingly approach a fellow believer? <laughs> I'm saying, obviously, we're not listening to this podcast with them in mind. We're listening with ourselves in mind first. But for the sake of the body of Christ, I know that, you know, like rebuking one another in love is an element of community. So how can we lovingly approach one another if we see that there's something yeah. or somebody that's taken the place of God in their hearts? Yeah, well, I think much like we're talking about, like it's not always helpful to start on the level of behavior. I think mm-hmm. as we're talking to a friend or a family member or a husband, it's not always that helpful to be like, hey, do you think you should like lay off the shopping a little bit? Like, I think if you just quit that, like, you know, love Jesus, not, you know, your online shopping, but that's probably going to shut somebody down right away. Yeah. But it's completely different to, you know, just take someone to coffee and have a conversation about what's going on in your hearts and what God is teaching you and just kind of come at it from that angle, be praying for them, be pointing them to Christ, be talking about the gospel with that person. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times those things, those deeper things start to come to the surface. And there is an element of trusting God that he is going to be doing that work at that heart level. And it's going to filter out to some of these behavioral levels. But I was not planning on sharing this story. But after I had my fifth child here, I was just going through a lot with nursing and just like some disappointments Mm -hmm. and some things that happened that I was not expecting. Mm -hmm. And I was just really struggling with like a lot of guilt and I was not believing the freedom that I have in Christ. And I was just starting to root my identity in the wrong place. And I was afraid of what other people were going to think of me and feeling like, how am I going to justify this? And I mean, just crazy stuff going on in my head. And Mm -hmm. Laura was just really, really gracious to walk through that with me. And she heard me sharing all of these things with her. And I mean, she could have just been like, Emily, stop it. (laughs) Like, you know, you need to quit worrying about that. But instead, she just really lovingly just reminded me of who I was in Christ over and over Mm. and over again. And every time I would come to her and I'd just be like, oh, Laura, I don't know what to do. And for some reason, this is really bothering me. And, you know, what's going to happen if I make this decision? And how am I going to live with myself? (laughs) You know, she would just be Mm. like, Emily, your identity is in Christ. And like, your standing before the Lord is not based on how you are feeding your child and you love her and you're going to hold her and bond with her and nurture her and all of these things. And I mean, just speaking the truth to me. And so in that moment, she didn't have to like call out and rebuke necessarily like what I was wrongly worshiping mm-hmm. because she was kind of rehearsing the gospel for me. And I was grabbing on to the truth in that. And I just really, really appreciate because she really helped me get through that decision in that hard time by just reminding me of who I am in Christ, what my real identity is. And then that helped me spot the areas where I was placing my identity falsely in something else. Oh my goodness. And doesn't that just take so much more time and patience? (laughs) Like I'm thinking about this on the level of like with children. I'm so sorry. This is my practical example every day Mm -hmm. because this is literally 
my 5 30 mm-hmm. to 8 p.m and so i'm thinking about with hadley and man i just want to rebuke and call out all the things like girl you got an ungrateful mm-hmm. heart you better get that right yeah, you know yeah. what i'm saying and it just takes so much more time to think through how could i speak to her and say like hey baby what is it that's kind of bothering you yeah. you know like what's going on right now that's really making you upset and like let's process through that and then to go through kind of that again like you were saying the creation fall mm-hmm. re- redemption the creation fall what redemption, is it redemption, redemption. and then uh, rest- restoration to go through that with her it just takes so much more time. And I'm like, I think that's the beauty of the way that God has set it up that we would set ourselves aside and like come together mm-hmm. and look our both of our faces to him. I love that, Emily. That makes me cry. <laughs> yeah, it is really encouraging. And I always think like, you know, if we want to treat others the way we want to be treated, like I want somebody to do what Laura did. I'm like, walk, yes. like hear me in essence, complained to her about this probably five or six times, you know, over the course of two weeks and, okay, mm. let's go back to this again. And, you know, she never once was like, Emily, why are you bringing this back up again? And it was like, I understand. I know this mm. is hard, but here's the truth, you know, over and over and over again. Yeah. And I think that's something yeah. too, in terms of marriage, like we can do for our husbands. And it's something that's taken me years to learn of just this patient, like you said, Instead of thinking I'm going to solve this problem in like one or two comments about (laughs) if you would just stop doing this, it'd be fine to go back to the heart and to say, what is really behind all of this? And can I come alongside you Mm -hmm. in that? Can we talk through this and walk through this together? It's just so, so different than coming at somebody from the opposite side of the table and being like, well, you don't have this together, but I do. (laughs) Well, you know, that is even in my question asking, that's obviously my predisposition. And so let's just have a whole podcast on that because I need it. (laughs) How do you lovingly, yeah, sitting on the same side of the table, that's what it's going to be called. But yeah, and I think when you do that, as you're talking, I'm like, I know for sure that Laura walked away from that situation mutually Mm -hmm. encouraged because again, you know, we're talking about the remedy or whatever to idolatry and it's just rehearsing the gospel. So it's like when two sisters get together, <laughs> literal sisters on your case, when you get together and you talk about the gospel, mm-hmm. you're going to walk away encouraged and you're going to walk away yeah. in worship, you know, with a heart that is just positioned to worship the Lord for what he has accomplished. Mm-hmm. And so it gets me fired up to think about how am I going to apply the gospel in my relationships in this way by walking mm-hmm. in confession, by walking in humility, and by together embracing the beauty of the gospel. And, you know, the question that kind of comes to mind for me is this, because I think in my relationships, both, you know, with believers and non-believers who both of which I hope to speak about the gospel with, sometimes I fear coming across as <laughs> hyper-spiritual. I don't want to like put a band-aid on the situation by offering some kind of like yeah. spiritual antidote, you know what I mean? And a lot of times I will shy away from like reminding someone of the gospel for fear of like offending them, you know, mm. or fear of demeaning them maybe. <laughs> what would you say to me yeah. in that fear because I want to be better about yeah. I want that truth myself. Um 
why do I shy away from offering it to other people? Yeah, that is such a good question. And I have completely felt those things before too. Like I don't want to be that friend who's like, here's the Bible answer to your question. (laughs) You go talk to Hunter, you're going to get the gospel. but I mean, two things that come to mind. One is I feel like there's been a lot of times in the past where I've regretted the advice that I gave to someone or Mm -hmm. I thought, you know, that probably wasn't helpful or like I joined them a little bit too much in grumbling and I just feel bad about that later. And it's not something I go back and, you know, repair, you know, say something different, but you just kind of look back and feel like, mm-hmm. ah, I don't know that I have ever regretted sharing truth with someone from a right heart. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever mm-hmm. regretted sharing the gospel I may have like felt a little bit scared and like insecure and like overanalyzing my words, but I've never been like, oh man, I wish I wouldn't have said that. (laughs) And then I think the second thing that comes to mind is again, just that heart. And I've had to learn that a lot. And Laura, you're coming up a lot in this. I know you're listening. Um, Laura has really taught me (laughs) is that There is a step of affirming and hearing what someone is saying before we jump to this reminding them of the Mm -hmm. truth. And I think I get so excited. I just want to jump right to the truth part. But there is an Mm -hmm. element of just hearing someone. And and if they're weeping and they're sad, affirming that sadness and saying, yeah, it is sad. That is disappointing. That is frustrating. Or... Uh, I have um, a friend, dear friend, who's walking through just hard things with foster care right now. And and she shares things Mm -hmm. like, I don't always have, I can't always like relate to exactly what she's going through, but I can affirm like, that is the fall. Like, it should not be this way, friend. It should not be this way. It should not be this hard. These children should not have these things happening to them. Like, it is sad. And this is broken. And to just say, yes, 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 yes. But then I think after we've said the yes and we've pointed out the fall, we've pointed out the brokenness and we've hopefully affirmed that, Mm -hmm. then I think everybody's ready to hear the hopeful truth. And it probably depends on like where that person is in their walk with Christ. Like the two people I'm describing are very deep in their walk with the Lord. And so they invite that. And so there may be, you know, a friend who isn't to that Mm -hmm. point yet, and it may come off wrong. But in general, I don't know that I've ever regretted going there, especially after I've affirmed somebody. You know, and I know people are listening and they're thinking, man, I wish that I knew the gospel like Emily, because I guarantee you, I I mean, I feel that way sometimes when I listen to y'all's show. I'm like, dude, I wish I knew the gospel (laughs) like that. Like, I got to get in the word coming through. But and obviously scripture is the number one resource that yeah. either of us would recommend. But <laughs> I got to just go ahead and give a selfish pub for your podcast because again, it has really helped me think through these things and I'm not just talking about moms. I know everybody's like, "Oh, risen motherhood." And I've recommended <laughs> your podcast to handfuls of women who do not have children yet. 
And so I just want to encourage you guys, go check it out. If you're struggling through, like, how could I talk about the gospel with someone in a situation, like, outside of, like, you know, approaching them as though they're going to get saved (laughs) for the very first time, I would really encourage you to go check out Laura and Emily's podcast. And Emily, I'd love to hear from you. What other resources would you recommend for somebody that's wanting to develop in this area and wanting to kind of learn more about you know, the idols of the heart and how to look away from themselves and look to Jesus. Sure. Um, well, one I've already mentioned several times, but I will say it again because it's one of my favorites, the David Pallison's x-ray questions, but also like great David Pallison, he's really under the radar, but his stuff is so good. Uh, yeah, I've never read anything by him. I'm okay, excited. Go Google the depths of the internet. It is so good. He's got great books. And he also works alongside Edward T. Welch is part of the same organization. And he has some really good stuff as well. So uh, like I said, a lot of his stuff's about idolatry. He's actually works in counseling. And so um, it's cool. very applicable to things like depression or anger or, you know, sadness. So it's all of those things overlap. Wow. Yeah. It says he worked for four years in a psychiatric yes. hospital. Very <laughs> He's legit. And so then Paul David Tripp, I would just say like anything Paul David Tripp writes Mm -hmm. is completely saturated with practical application of the gospel. Yeah. He has, I haven't read all of these, but I've read snippets of them. How People Change, New Morning Mercies, which is like a one-year devotional. He has this book, Awe, that's all about just... Mm -hmm loving God more and how that transforms us. Um, I've heard great things about instruments in the Redeemer's hands. And he Mm -hmm. wrote my all-time favorite parenting book. I think it's just called Parenting. (laughs) Parenting. 14 Gospel Principles. And even though... I'm reading that right now. Yeah, it's so good. Even though, like, you know, you said, Lauren, I do a podcast on this. It still blew my mind. Like, I listened to it as an audio book, and I was just like, I need to read the Bible, yes, but also read like a chapter of this every day. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Okay. Yeah. So finally, in terms of just, I think, knowing the gospel better, there is this book called The Gospel Primer or Primer. I'm not sure Mm. exactly. And it's by Milton Vincent. And it is just... Okay, I'm doing this from memory without having looked at it recently. But I believe he presents the gospel in three different ways. He does it in like a narrative form. He does it in like a topical form. And he does it in like a poetic form. It's really good. And there's lots of scripture references. And so it's basically, I feel like it's something you could read as part of your morning, just kind of devotional or alongside of your Bible in terms of just understanding and becoming fluent in the gospel and hearing it in different ways that may connect with you. And if that's all it is, <laughs> just like a, a recitation of the gospel, basically. I'm excited. This is my favorite part of my podcast besides getting to have the conversation because I'm like, I feel like I'm in like my own little mini seminary in my closet. Just give me all the books to read teachers. Yes. (laughs) So great. Well, one of the questions that I ask every single guest on the show is totally unrelated to everything (laughs) we talked about, but I'd love to hear from you. What are three of your simple joys? Just stuff that makes you happy. Oh, yes. I loved thinking about this. So one thing right now, my three-month-old is in this thing called, okay, it's a magic Merlin. It's a, oh, yes. It's a, it's mar- a marshmallow suit. Yes. 
So you said it perfect. It's so she cute. Looks like a marshmallow. And when she wakes up from her nap. It, it's huge. It's a Michelin man. Oh, my goodness. And she's smiling at me from this Aww. giant marshmallow suit. And she, like, can't, like, wave her arms. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just sweep her up. And it's, it's like Christmas vacation for those who aren't moms. Like, they're stuck in their coat. <laughs> it's so funny. And it, it's funny. And whatever is going on, like, it just automatically softens my heart. Because she's Aww. like a teddy bear. And you're like, now I have to kiss your cheeks like 50 times. And it's just, so sweet. I mean, it's just about too much. I feel like the creators are like, yes, this helps them sleep, but this makes every mom happy. <laughs> so yes. that is one of my simple joys. I love it. Yeah. Another one, this one's a little bit more serious, but I am really into watching let me not describe this. <laughs> okay. Hymns on YouTube. But Ooh. not like the lyric videos. Like the ones where okay. people are like all standing around in a room and they like videotape everybody worshiping together. So is this like a funny experience or like a... No, I'm a, laughing like because sensitive. it's funny. <laughs> I'm saying it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> but it means something to you when you're watching yeah, so, it. So, <laughs> okay, I wish I love him too. Oh man. So, like I'm really into right now like I go through phases with hymns where I'll latch on to like three or four for Ooh, okay. Tell us the yeah. ones that are in the queue right okay, now. Right now, um, I have Christ will hold me fast. Mm. How firm a foundation is one I'm just yeah. loving in this season. Come ye sinners. Oh, yeah. My pastor co-wrote one called Not In Me. Oh, it's so good. Mm. And also, I asked the Lord. And that one's kind of on its way out because I've been on that one since like June. But <laughs> <laughs> cycling back. Yeah, so I can I handle it for like a while. It. And I feel like I will like meditate on those. And those are the ones I'll like sing to my two-year-old yes. when I'm kind of rocking him at night. Or they're ones that'll just go through my mind during the day. And I don't want to say I wear him out because <laughs> I know you can't really. But once I get to the point where it's kind of starting to lose yes. its effect, I kind of find yeah. a few more yeah. hymns. And then those generally coincide with whatever season I'm in. And they just are good reminders of truth. Like the other day I was having a yeah. really hard day and I couldn't even think straight. I was just really having a sad day. And all I could repeat in my mind was Christ will hold me fast. Christ will hold me fast. Christ will hold me fast. Mm. And like, that was all I was thinking. Like I couldn't even drop a Bible verse. I was, I felt that weak, but all I could just repeat was that in yeah. my mind. But that was it. That was all I needed to remember. So it totally. really does help me. I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. That is one I yes, quote often. Yes, <laughs> So, and then I also, a simple joy right now is wood-burning fires. So. Like inside or outside? Um, inside. <laughs> I always okay. joke that wood-burning fireplace is the most outdoorsy I get inside. <laughs> <laughs> my husband, I know, my husband I is so it. impressed because i'll like put on the gloves and i'll like bring in wood from the garage i'm like look at me and he's like yeah you don't like camping though even 
I'm like, I know, but I'll haul in pre-chopped wood from the garage. This is as far as it goes. (laughs) Yes. That's so great. I wish we had a fireplace. Typically, RB Mm -hmm. housing, I think they're a little too cautious and careful for those kind of things. And we have like, you know, a bunch of kids. And so it's just really safe. But no, we have uh, (laughs) tried to teach. So we had a wood burning fireplace in our previous home. And then put one in this home that uh-huh. we just moved to in February. And it's been fun since the boys have been really little. We've done wood burning fires in the winter. And I have a really hard time during the winter. Like it's just really difficult for me. And so this is one of the things that I think just makes everything feel a little cozier and warmer and just more hopeful. <laughs> yes. This is a simple simple joy. joy. I just had a therapist on my podcast that came out today, which is the 20th of November. And he said that he loves this question because he believes that this is how people combat depression. He said to have a simple joy to look forward to every day, something to look forward to every week, every month, and every season. So there you go. Yeah. Burning fireplace. This is the season for it, girl. I love it. Well, Emily, you have had such an influence, as I've described throughout the podcast, on my own journey with Jesus. And one of the questions that I love asking every single journey woman or man who comes to the show is, who has had the greatest influence on your own journey with Jesus? Yes, I love this question. And so I'm going to use who in a more broad sense, because I started thinking about this, and most of the people that came to my mind were in my local church. And so I would just say my local church is who has had the biggest impact on me. And so the church we go to now, actually, my husband grew up in that church and then moved away. And when we were engaged and I was first dating him, I can remember even at that point feeling warmly welcomed and ministered to when I was not even really officially married in yet. And so it's a smaller church. And so it does very much feel like a family, but Mm. I'm just really, really grateful because I think I always try to tell people like what you hear me sharing is a product of what I get in my church. Yeah. Mm, I love that. It is a product of what my elders and my pastors are pouring into me. I have a couple of elders who regularly pray for me and, you know, listen to all my risen motherhood updates and they will look at and edit articles on the fly and just do things that work to their plate. And they are so gracious to help me. I have women who will come over to my house and just to give me a hug and flowers on a hard day women who have just counseled me through really hard decisions and helped me keep my eyes on Christ, just couples that have walked with us through really hard things. And I just feel like all of those spiritual needs, you know, that we have, obviously they're ultimately met in Christ, but my local body of Christ is really met those for me and has faithfully poured the gospel into me for years. And I find every year that I know more and more how imperfect our local body is, but I find that I also love them more every year. Mm. And I just, I don't know. I do feel like they are my family and I wish I treated them more as such, but they've just been instrumental in helping me become more like Christ. So I love you, GABC. Shout out to you. (laughs) Oh, community. 
my fave besides Jesus yes. and the gospel <laughs> and all that. <laughs> he is what unites us. So I love that so much. Well, friend, I wish I could be doing life on life with you mm. in real life, IRL. <laughs> but <laughs> I am thankful that one day we'll get to be together worshiping yes. Jesus. So thanks for these until then. Yes, that is so exciting. <laughs> thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on the show. Talking with Emily opened up my eyes to see that while there are lots of little idols that I've conjured up, they all revolve around the biggest idol of all, me. Understanding that I am genuinely struggling with making much of myself more than anything else has humbled me in the best of ways. And it's given me this sweet opportunity to preach the gospel by using the practical creation, fall, redemption, reconciliation tool that Emily shared with us. All the other tools, links, and questions that Emily and I discussed will be in the show notes at hunterbelis.com. Head over to Instagram or Facebook at Journey Women Podcast or at Journey Women Pod on Twitter to connect with us throughout the week. If you guys are enjoying the podcast, I want to ask that you'd also head over to iTunes and leave us a rating and review. That will help us connect with other women on their journeys to glorify God.